This episode is brought to you by Visit Williamsburg. In Williamsburg, Virginia, there's never too much of a good thing. Whether you're a foodie, a golfer, a history buff, a shopaholic, an outdoor enthusiast, or a thrill seeker, you'll find what you came for here and more. So ask yourself, what is it you want? Discover Williamsburg and plan your trip at visitwilliamsburg.com. You've got mail. Hi, I'm Madison Malone-Kircher. And I'm Rachel Hampton, and you're listening to ICYMI. In case you missed it, Slate's podcast about internet culture. Can you believe 25 years ago, AOL launched the uh, now defunct AIM or AOL Instant Messenger? I feel so old when you say that. I also cannot believe that it launched the year after I was born. I don't know why, but I felt (laughs) like... (laughs) I felt like AIM was my thing, but I'm realizing that it is, in fact, a lot of people's thing. (laughs) Yeah, it it was my thing for a time. You have to say more. I have to say, my friends and I were huge dorks, and so we were very into G-Chat. G- <laughs> shut up. We were very into G-Chat very early, but basically, my memory of any sort of platform with an away message, like AIM, I have a distinct memory, not to brag, but my parents have an above-ground hot tub, which what? is just height of luxury. And I have a distinct memory of setting some status about being in this hot tub in the hope that like my crush would picture me in this hot tub in my, like, bikini this, this was insane like like n- no part of this ever came to reality from me leaving a status that is like swimming in bubbles madison that's genius i don't know what you're talking about that is simply the height of what an away message is for you understood the assignment <laughs> yeah uh how about you well i i do have a less genius experience <laughs> on on aim also there's a little micro generational thing between aim and aim because we definitely called it aim but i'm gonna save my aim experience for a bit later because on the show today that's literally all we're talking about our early online experiences the phenomena of writing away messages and how aim shaped the ways we still interact online today Coming up, we've got an interview with Caroline Moss, host of the podcast G Thanks Just Bought It, and an author and writer who has fashioned herself as something as an AOL instant messenger expert. We're going to be talking to her about the early years of the platform before Madison or I had the ability to type, the crazy but harmless things she did on there, and maybe even getting into a bit of our own nonsense that we got up to. All right, that means it's time to set an away message, so be right back with Caroline after a short break. Oh, we can do better than that. BRB, swimming in bubbles. Tired of not being able to get a hold of anyone when you have questions about your credit card? With 24-7, U.S.-based, live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yes, you heard that right. You can talk to a human on the Discover customer service team anytime. So the next time you have a question about your credit card, call 1-800-DISCOVER to get the service you deserve. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. 
This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Forget the frustration of picking commerce platforms when you switch your business to Shopify, the global commerce platform that supercharges your selling wherever you sell. With Shopify, you'll harness the same intuitive features, trusted apps, and powerful analytics used by the world's leading brands. Sign up today for your $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash tech, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash tech. Welcome. All right. We are back with Caroline Moss, author, editor, and host of the podcast G Thanks Just Bought It. She also, infamously, ran the Twitter account at Your Away Message. We're so excited you're here. Thanks for having me. I'm very happy to be here. Can you believe it's been 25 years since uh, AIM, AOL Instant Messenger uh, launched? No, but I honestly remember it very vividly. When did you join? What inspired you to join? Okay, well, of course, you get the AOL CD-ROM in the mail. We had a desktop computer, of course, in the basement. And I remember my dad put the CD-ROM in... And it was like 30 free hours. And I can't even get my mind wrapped around a time where we were like paying hourly to use the internet. But okay. I feel like here is where we insert the dial-up modem sound in post. And then it would take like 20 minutes to get on. I know. I do a great impression. It would take like 20 minutes. That was phenomenal. That was great. Thank (laughs) you. I didn't even, I don't know where that came from. Somewhere deep within. Um, It would take 20 minutes to log on. And I remember my dad sitting me down and being like, you know, do not give your personal information to like a stranger in a chat room. And then he proceeded to make my screen name Caroline Moss, like full (sighs) name. (laughs) (laughs) And then he sent you down to the basement unsupervised. Yeah. And then he sent you down to the basement unsupervised to the internet. Yeah. Um, So I remember, you know, just sitting downstairs in the basement in like fourth or fifth grade and being like, yeah, like this rules. And then every time you would go to someone's house for like a play date, they would like want to you'd like sit on the computer together. It was like a whole thing. Do you remember interacting? I mean, for me, AOL AIM was for friends, but also I remember talking to crushes a lot on it and the kind of like excitement of it and I'm you have to have the same thing right yeah I mean that was like where I learned to talk to boys was like on AOL it sort of started at the same time I was like developing my own personality and my own like Mm. friendships and relationships with people that weren't necessarily uh formed by my mom like knowing some other kid's mom and being like and now we're gonna play together because like I know the mom And so I feel like the crush thing was just sort of this natural evolution of learning how to communicate in like a social environment without an authority figure Mm. uh, standing over you, sort of monitoring you. So, yeah, I mean, I had all of my most important conversations with every boy I ever liked on the computer. None of it ever in person. I had like full out, full relationships and not just like, oh, this person's my boy. Like just the relationship of talking to another person and interacting with them Mm. without ever really talking to them in real life. And that was because of, you know, the internet. I feel like that was very wholesome, but I definitely have some, uh, more sinister memories of uh of aim i'm curious if you were ever the bully or the bullied both i mean both i was absolutely bullied on aim 
I did bullying on AIM. I I don't feel like I'd spent a lot of time bullying my friends or like other girls. I think what I used it for was a thing that my friends and I used to do, which we thought was so funny. And honestly, to this day, I still think is very funny. You know how you could like make new screen names like at the drop of a hat? You could just like register a new screen name. And what we would do is we would (laughs) take boys screen names. I think they were usually boys we liked and we would copy them and change like one little thing. So if your screen name was like, you know, Lizard 40, we would make the I in Lizard a capital, uh, a lowercase L. And so it would look like Lizard 40, but it wouldn't be Lizard 40. And then we would message them and be like, I'm your name. Why did you steal my screen name? And we really thought that was like the funniest thing in the whole entire world. And it honestly was kind of funny because you're not speaking to like evolved you know, beings on the other end. You're speaking to 14-year-old boys like, no, I'm Alexander. And this went on for like hours. I definitely was definitely a big part of, I think, that experience of being online without, you know, a parent looking over your shoulder or whatever was this idea of like, you know, a friend would message you and be like, what do you think of this friend? And you wouldn't know that that friend was sitting with them. And that was like a whole thing. Um, I definitely remember a lot of that. And I hated that at the time, but I feel like it was very ubiquitous. I feel like everyone was experiencing something of that nature. Honestly, I think the Lizard 40 name change prank is very wholesome in retrospect. Not where I thought it was going. That took a really wholesome turn. I was going to say... This doesn't count as any kind of nefarious thing. You're just messing with the 14-year-old boy, which, like, they deserve it. I agree. That doesn't count as bullying. Yeah. And I also think this was kind of around the time when there was a real have-have-nots with cell phones. So if you Mm. could write, like, hit the cell as an away message, and then people knew you had a cell phone, like, that's crazy to me. I didn't have a cell phone until I could drive a car. Um, And I was so jealous. And sometimes I would, like put my mom's phone number, my mom's cell phone number in my away message and be like, hit the cell. But like only ever ever so briefly, because then what was I, you know, what, then you're gonna call my mom. Uh, I didn't think that one through. Um, uh, I didn't think that one through. mom's just getting random calls from 14-year-olds. She's like, uh, someone named Alexander is on the phone and he said you stole his screen name. Um, I got to say, all your stories about AIM are very wholesome. And my main stories about AIM are not, um, which tell is... Tell us. Tell us. Do y'all remember the the website Omegle? Just penises on parade. <laughs> how old are you guys? What are you talking about? What? Are- <laughs> do, you, do you know Chat Roulette, Caroline? Yeah, I know Chat Roulette. It's, yeah. it's, a, it's a cousin. It's basically okay. like that. So I never used the video function, but there was a video function. But basically, you log on to Omegle Omegle, and it's just a blank chat screen, and you're put into a random chat with some stranger. And so you just talk to strangers, basically. And if there, there was a video function where you would also end up on video, but I was always doing it at a friend's house. And so we were like, we're not going to do video. We're just going to do the chat function. And we would spend hours on Omegle just that like is insane. going in and out of chats with strangers. But this 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 goes to aim because there was this one dude, me and my me and my old best friend met on Omegle who his name was Eric. 
And I swear to God, I had an entire, like, 13-year-old relationship with this dude that I never met in my entire life. And we switched from Omegle to our AIM, like, relationship and spent hours talking to each other. And I am just like, why was I doing... He was in an entirely different state. Never of met course. him in my entire life. Still never met him. And it was... It was, it was my, if my mother knew about this, she would have murdered me. She would have killed me. I did confirm he was actually the same age as me, so how I was did not you talking con- first to First of all, how did you confirm that? He gave me his Facebook profile. We eventually did move to Facebook Messenger, so there was... Rachel, you're right. No one has ever lied in their Facebook profile. <laughs> <laughs> no one's ever... You're right. That's it's that would be impossible. No That's, one's ever lied on Facebook.com. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I just okay, I have so many questions about this. What was it about talking to strangers that was like interesting to you? I only wanted to talk to boys that I could potentially pass in the hallway <laughs> the next day. You know? <laughs> that was like my main goal. I think the kind of draw of it was just the fact that it was someone that you would theoretically never meet and also that it was just this complete random. And so you would, yeah. I would always be with my friend. We would do it together. Like I rarely ever did it by myself. And so sometimes we would just troll people. And sure. so the first thing that they always asked was like ASL. And so we would be like, oh, 40 male Florida and see who oh, like, but they, like immediately. But they were telling the truth. But you verified <laughs> that they were telling. You were a 40 year old man <laughs> living in Florida. But, You're, okay. but don't worry. The guy you were talking to was your age. <laughs> And you saw that on Facebook. Okay, I'm just okay. I'm just making you're, sure all you're these things You're poking a lot of holes in my my 14 year old <laughs> relationship, and I don't appreciate it. Look, I'm just here as an investigator. You know, I just want I don't want you to be tarnishing the reputation of my beloved AIM and AOL. <laughs> We're having so much fun talking to you, Caroline. But we have to take a quick short break. Hit the cell, and then we'll be back with more AIM after the break. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. In 2007, TV network CBS dropped 40 kids in the middle of the New Mexico desert as part of a brand new reality show. These kids would have to build their own society from scratch. And if this sounds like Lord of the Flies to you, well, it was meant to. We were on this mission together, and we were going to prove to the world that we could make a better society than adults could. I'm Josh Gwynn, and I want to know what this wild TV experiment was really about. Split Screen, Kid Nation, a six-part podcast from CBC. Available now. 
Do you love our show but hate getting all those ads? Well, I have a deal for you. Subscribe to Slate Plus. It's only a dollar for the first month and you won't get any ads on any Slate podcast, including this one. You'll get unlimited reading on the Slate website, access to every single article and advice column on Slate, and you will never, ever hit a paywall. You'll most importantly be supporting me and Madison and all the work that goes into making this show possible. You'll also get bonus segments or episodes of incredible Slate shows like Slow Burn or Political Gap Fest, Mom and Dad are Fighting, or Big Mood, Little Mood. It sounds like a pretty great deal to me. To subscribe to Slate Plus, go to slate.com slash ICYMI Plus. That's slate.com slash ICYMI Plus. And we're back. Caroline, you've uh, you've finished college. You're on to GChat, but at some point in that that GChat era, you create at your away message on Twitter. Yeah. yeah. Talk to us about creating that Twitter account, which is one of I think one of the first accounts I followed when I joined Twitter, and I remember thinking, "This is so funny. This is the that's of amazing. That's amazing." Um, yeah, you know, it's weird because. Like to me in 2012, coming up with the Your Way Message parody account on Twitter, which was, by the way, like the absolute heyday of Twitter parody accounts. You know, this was before Twitter became like a horrible like place and and very pessimistic. This was when we were still having fun online. And so I was riding the <coughs> M79 bus from the Upper East Side to the Upper West. And I was listening. I had my um, phone in my pocket on shuffle and a Dave Matthews Band song came on, and it reminded, it was the first time I'd heard that song since high school, and it reminded me of the away message messages that I used to leave in hopes, again, that boys would think that I was very mature and deep, and uh, <laughs> I just thought, this is, you know, here's something relatable. So I made a Twitter account and just started tweeting like, I think at first, like Dave Matthews Band lyrics or like watching Laguna Beach, like BRB, what was interesting about this timeline is that it was 2012 and what I was referencing was like 2005. And to me, that seven year difference felt extremely huge and mm. like insurmountable. Whereas like it would be very weird today in 2022 if I was like, I have a 2015 like nostalgia account. Like it, it would make <laughs> no sense. Party rock anthem. Yeah, yeah, oh yeah exactly. God. Exactly. <laughs> So, um, and it just sort of took off from there. I remember I told one friend because I was like, can you retweet me? She had like 300 followers, right? So we weren't dealing, I wasn't dealing with like big accounts, but it went, it was like really watching something go organically viral. Like I didn't have any Mm. Twitter followers. So I retweeted it to like my 75 followers or whatever. And then within seven days, it was in New York magazine. It was, um, Wow. I wasn't working in media then. I didn't have any, like, I didn't, it didn't matter. If it was like, oh, this is this person, be like, who is, like, I don't know who she is. It doesn't really matter. So I was so excited to, like, tell people that it was me. But it went on, I kept it up for, like, a year. It's still up. I just don't use it anymore. But, um, yeah, it was really fun. <laughs> when did you unmask yourself as uh, the voice behind Buddy? Literally seven days. Once it was in New York Magazine, I was like, I'm <laughs> not going to miss out on this opportunity. It was, it was honestly the biggest a thing I the big the most life-changing thing I've ever done because I feel like after that it was very it was like a a business card of sorts you know like I could be like okay like look I made something go viral on the internet and that was when sort of all of that you know the first waves of people reporting on what was happening on the internet was 
actually becoming a real job. And I feel like mm-hmm. it really helped me. For people who miss the heyday of your away message, what are some classic tweets? I think like anything that was, there's like categories, right? You have your song lyrics, mm-hmm. you have your Dave Matthews band lyrics. You have, you know, even I just had dinner with a friend the other night and every time he sees me, he always goes, Caroline, celebrate we will because life is short, but sweet for certain. Oh, well, celebrate we will because life is short, but sweet for certain. Which is obviously Dave Matthews. Actually, I don't know if you guys are familiar with the Dave Matthews band repertoire. But like that was a thing that like if you were in high school in 2005, you like like literally wrote that in gel pen on your binder and you were like, I'm very deep and I have a lot of feelings. (laughs) Yeah, I'm familiar with Dave Matthews band. I love that one song they did for Lady Bird. Oh, my God. Madison, I know you're joking, but it hurts my soul. Uh, (laughs) So there were the right there were the song lyrics. Then there was like the. uh pay attention to me kind of genre, which was like in a bad mood, nobody understands, like Mm -hmm. leave a message if you care. Like that was big. You know, it's all these people going through puberty and having like access to this like machine where it was kind of crazy. It was just kind of crazy. Um, You know, everyone loved watching like the OC and Laguna Beach and like calling back to those yeah, and a lot of it is, like, the fonts, right? It's, like, the up and down letters. And this was up and down lit- letters before it became the SpongeBob condescending mm-hmm. voice, right? Yes. Like, yes. writing in lower caps, upper caps, lower caps, upper caps meant something before <laughs> 2017 or whenever that was. But it really, it, it just was, it was a time when people in a certain age demographic really could remember a life where you had to log on to the internet and you had to log off of the internet and you weren't carrying the internet around with you wherever you went. Mm. And there was like language around that and there was ritual around that and there was, you know, tradition around that. And even thinking about AOL announcing every time you got an email, imagine if your computer played a sound every time you got an email today. You've got mail. I would throw my computer out the window. I don't want I don't want to know. And now email is like the farthest space you can get in terms of like mm. online communication. Like the email is what you send if it's like I want to be polite and un- non-invasive. Yeah. So, I really think like aim was so was so important for a, a very specific age group. And that's not to discount anyone younger than me and it's not to discount anyone older than me it was just important for anyone born in the exact same time I was (laughs) but um but like you know pen 15 the writers are exactly my age so everything that happens in that show is relatable to anyone in like a certain age group and pen 15 is the series on hulu about two middle school girls from the year 2000 that's p-e-n-1-5 you know so screen names. Okay. So I have three options here for me. Stardust Foeva, S Club 7, which might be taken already, mm-hmm. and Baby Spice 666. Isn't 666 like the devil's number? No. Six is my favorite number and my lucky number, so. Oh my god. <laughs> Good job. I got mine. 
So every scene where they're online and like talking, I mean, it just really, I had to watch that show in chunks because it was just, it felt, it was like too much. It was like too much, you know, you need some distance from that, but I miss it. I wish, I wish we could still use it. I just think it'd be nice to go back to a time where like you had to make a conscious choice to be like, I'm here and I'm available to talk. And now I'm not here and not available to talk. Like we are too reachable now. I think we like flew too close to the sun in that way. <laughs> you know, I don't think we should have evolved as much as we did. Honestly. Yeah. Take us back to that. I mean, I'm curious right. whether there are any things from aim that still stick with you in your daily life besides the kind of constant wish that you can be unreachable. <laughs> you know, I think what's, what I always think about is like the profile and it was like your first, uh, you know, AIM and AOL was like the first sort of like opportunity we had to do some sort of personal branding. I know that mm. that sounds weird, oh, but you shudder. had, I know, but it's true. I mean, look, you pick your font, you know, within the confines of what you could do online, which is choose your screen name, choose your font, choose your profile colors and what you were going to put in your profile. You crafted, you know, what you wanted people to see you as and of course that always lines up with the trends like people were using comic sans ms like in like blue like in like yankees colors and like people were like that's sick you know it's different now but <laughs> i think like i think that it, what i take with me in a day-to-day -day is that the internet is actually really important and the mm -hmm. the important that the importance that we placed on aim as kids I think maybe our parents would have looked at as like superfluous or silly or unimportant. But I think it was sort of our first lesson in like perception is reality. And maybe it wasn't even true. Maybe it wasn't true in the 90s, but it certainly is true now. It's like whatever you put out there as the idea of who you are is who you are to all of the people who don't know you off the Internet, which in this world is so many people. I mean, you can look at AIM fonts and profile quotes and the away messages and all that stuff and literally draw a direct line to like an Instagram feed aesthetic or, you know, the highlight reels that people post on TikTok. Like it is the first kind of experience we had at curating who we were and putting it on a screen and just showing people what we wanted to show. And, and a lot of it is in both eras of internet usage performance. Well, and on that note, we're going to log off. <laughs> Once again, you can find Caroline Moss over at the podcast. G thanks. Just bought it. They also have a great Instagram account. Highly rec. Goodbye. All right, that is the show. We'll be back in your feed on Saturday, so definitely subscribe. It's still free, and it's still the best way to never miss an episode. Please leave a five-star rating and review at Apple Podcasts and tell your friends about us. You can also follow us on Twitter at ICYMI underscore pod, which is also where you can DM us your AIM screen names and your favorite away messages. Please, please do this because we have embarrassed ourselves. Please embarrass yourselves. And you can also embarrass yourselves in our email inbox at icymi at slate.com. ICYMI is produced by Daniel Schrader. Our supervising producer is Derek John. We're edited by Forrest Wickman and Allegra Frank. Amber Smith is senior manager of podcast audience development. And Alicia Montgomery is executive producer of Slate Podcasts. See you online or in a hot tub.
I think we've landed in a hot tub on more than one episode. <laughs> Wait, yeah, we have. Why? Hot tub full of virgins, honestly. Oh, yeah. Still true. <laughs> still, still holds. <laughs> I was like, why were we in a hot tub before? Ohio, ready for some quick mental health facts? Let's go. Nearly 2 million Ohioans live with a mental health condition. In the U.S., more than 50% of people will be diagnosed with a mental illness in their lifetime. Depression is a leading cause of disability worldwide. So why are some of us still stigmatizing people living with a mental health condition when we know all of this? Let's listen to the facts and beat the stigma. Ohio, challenge what you know about mental health at beatthestigma.org. Hi, this is Dahlia Lithwick, host of Slate's legal podcast, Amicus. If you're listening to this show, you might be interested in Amicus's live show that we're hosting in Washington, D.C., on Tuesday, May the 14th, my colleague Mark Joseph Stern and I will be talking to some amazing guests, including Sherilyn Eiffel and a sitting state Supreme Court justice, all about how originalism, a relatively recently invented way of interpreting the Constitution, has taken over the Supreme Court and radically reshaped the law. It's been doctrinal rocket fuel for the conservative legal movement and facilitated the rolling back of abortion rights, the expansion of gun rights, and the obliteration of the separation of church and state. And as another wildly consequential Supreme Court term careers to its end, the court's originalists are on a tear. But there's something you can do about it, and we hope you'll join us in D.C. on May 14th to explore the possible pathways out of the current situation. Go to slate.com slash amicus live for tickets.